Welcome to My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast. Today we are joined by the excellent Pascal Hughes, who is the founder and CEO of Noiser. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thanks so much. Welcome, welcome. And where are you dialing in from today, Pascal? Oh, we're in Bristol in England, um, and so it's just like the west, the west side of England. It's a little... the posh bit of England. <laughs> it's maybe, yeah. <laughs> well, You're posh uh, for me. Not all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, sell Bristol to me. I've, I've never been. Uh, I've heard it mentioned, obviously, but if you had to sell it to someone in like 15 seconds... Like, what, give me the highlights. <laughs> so Bristol was like big in like the pirate era. So like Blackbeard and, and all those guys. And so it became this like historic kind of vintage pirate lawless place. And then nowadays it's kind of known for just like Georgian <laughs> architecture, but also like Banksy and the kind of the graffiti <gasps> artist. And Is he from Bristol? Yeah, yeah. He's actually got a, on my house, I've got a little Banksy's thing. Oh, wow. It's not a very good one, but. <laughs> Mate, you got to. <laughs> Sorry, Banksy, if you're hearing. Like Frank framed <laughs> it and awesome. charge people admission. Um, hilarious. Yeah, it's framed. Yeah, it's, t- it's tiny though. It's called Mouse. That was called Mousetrap. Yeah, no, Rosen Trap or something. I don't know. It's like a trap. It's tiny, but yeah. How oh. cool is that? That's so cool. Well, you say it's cool. But people are always taking photos outside my window. Oh, and yeah, that would get they, annoying. Because also, they're expect, they've seen it on Google Maps and they're expecting some, like, sorry, I'm going on. But they're expecting <laughs> this, like, big, you know, huge thing. And they're just like, when I'm there, I'm like, it's just there. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I just, I disappoint people all day. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, really underwhelming. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Cool. And so um, I suppose a bit of context. Uh, we've obviously reviewed your your show recently and we loved it. One um, of his shows, James. Yeah, just one sorry, just one, just one. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I love your show too. Genuinely, really, really. <laughs> oh, cool. appreciate oh, thank it. You. Yeah, no, we've, um, it's been a p- cool journey for us over the last year. Ollie's obviously been introducing me to podcasts and she's got a nose for picking ones that tend to do very well in the award seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. not putting <laughs> yeah. any pressure, but um, yeah, she, she has a nose for picking them and they tend to go on You want to get in those British Podcasting Awards uh, submissions, I reckon, <laughs> yeah. Pascal? I know. I never get around to uh, applying to anything. I should do. Definitely should do. Uh, <laughs> the idea being that just get exposure to as many podcasts as possible. And um, I think one of the first questions that came to mind when we had the opportunity, or when I found out we had the opportunity to interview you, was uh, what kind of like piqued your curiosity in terms of why these subjects were, I don't know, of interest to you? Uh, yeah, I was, my mum was saying to you the other day, you guys should do something like positive about like farmers. I'm like, absolutely, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> Um, I think there's some kind of fascination about some of these characters. And like, you know, I think, you know, we do definitely want to do some more positive characters as well. Um, and we've got some plans for that. But I think with Dictators, with the situation there was that I, I used to be a TV director. And before then, I was just I was an assistant director and I was making a, a, a history show about Dictators. And the, the big thing for me was that we were making it, but really the, the commissioners at the channel, they just wanted the big kind of big moments back to back. It was almost like a almost like a tick sheet of like big moments, but it didn't really mean much. It was just like looking at a timeline and going, oh, I know the story now, but actually you don't really know any of the nuance. And actually for us, you know, when we were in the edit on that one in the, in TV, the interviews were just amazing. And lots of the eyewitness talking about what they went through was just honestly just stunning. Mm -hmm. And lots of the stories, which was so like, so intriguing and fascinating and sophisticated 
they were like, yeah, we don't want that. We want an explosion. And I was like, well, that's, that's boring, you know? Yeah. You know? And so we found that, you know, with when we did the podcast, I just thought, well, you know, why don't we do a podcast version of that? And the team were like, and rightly so, were like, this seems pretty niche and I, I don't think it will do well at all. Oh. And yeah, and I, oh, just, I just thought, faith. oh, well, it'll be like, you would have faith. Well, I, I also had very little faith in it. I thought, oh, it'll be kind of a niche thing. But you've been downloaded millions and millions of times. So obviously there's definitely a market for this deeper dive into the history. And something that you did really well is you provided the backstory to how these dictators grew up, where they grew up, what exposure they had to different political ideologies, and then how that potentially maybe influenced their future dictatorship. And that stuff you just don't get at school as you say it kind of kicks in at a certain stage and you get a lot of dates and statistics around the horrific atrocities that were committed but you did a fantastic job of actually providing some data around how they got to that point I said to James yeah. in the podcast you know I feel like I could write a pretty good essay on like Mao Zedong now <laughs> uh I have to, I have to forewarn you, Ollie's um, a continual learner. Um, she's uh, she, she's <laughs> been to university too many times to count, so she's got multiple <laughs> degrees and everything. So um, when she says write an essay, she means write a good one um, <laughs> based, based on your uh, based on your insight. So when you were you. when you're bringing it together, obviously you you were exposed to a lot of different characters. And I, when you were talking about how your previous employee had wanted all the kind of big moments, I was imagining like a Law and Order episode where <laughs> every part that they wanted was just the dun dun. Dun, 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 <laughs> yeah. Right, they just want those big kind of <laughs> yeah. those action pieces. Yeah. Um, but as we know, with with any kind of story, unless you've got that kind of undertone or character development, or you can actually understand a bit more about who you're seeing, it doesn't really hit the mark as well. You know, like you don't really resonate with the character. Yeah, I think they, they just they're quite meaningless meaningless moments mm -hmm. because you haven't built up to it, and also. There's so much, um, you know, modern day TV, like, you know, high-end HBO, Netflix, they're just more nuanced. People want, there's more demand. And I think when I was in TV, there was just really a kind of a slightly dated, you know, approach in my mm -hmm. in my mind where it's just like explosion. And, you know, I've done like World War II series and all sorts of things. And and often everything's kind of meaningless because you, really, you can't really anchor yourself. Mm. And it's a difficult line because you want to delve into the story and try to understand what was happening, how... These people, these you know, extraordinary people, extraordinarily evil and awful people, but how they managed to have, you know, get absolute control. But the thing is, the real danger is that you accidentally lionize them and you make them look, you know, interesting. So we're currently writing kind of Gaddafi episodes. Oh, wow. And yeah, which is going to be, which is really interesting. And on one hand, he was this guy who was like almost like a peacock. You know, he, he wore flamboyant outfits. He kind of like called himself the king of Africa and he did terrorist attack. And the danger there is that you just see that and you just say, oh, he was okay. He was just a bit, you know, flamboyant and eccentric. But obviously, actually, there's a really dark underbelly mm -hmm. of him. And there's a reason why he managed to get power and how he convinced people to to give him power and, and mm. different things. What a fine balance that you've got a, like a, a bit of a tightrope, right? Totally. And our kind of um, approach to that is, is kind of twofold, where we always try and get survivors and people like incarcerated. Yes. To just be like, here's what happened. And then you're like, oh, this is not fun anymore. This is this is what happened. And also, mm. 
And that's, you know, it's quite difficult to get. And a lot of the people we you know, we chat to don't want to be interviewed. And I totally appreciate that because I've been through some pretty bad things. Um, mm. But I think that's really important because we just want to be as neutral as we can and try and reflect these moments. Uh, and we want everyone to listen to them and, and feel like a fair job's been done. And, and so far, I mean, this, a lot of people use it for teaching now in America and around the world, which is unexpected, but, uh, but great. That's so interesting that you say that because have you listened to Power Corrupts with Brian Class? I know of it. I haven't. I haven't listened to it. Okay, yeah. you ha- you must listen. And uh, he's a political scientist, and he actually has the podcast as part of his modules because how fantastic that you could learn through your ears whilst you're, you know, on your ride to uni or however. And obviously those things weren't accessible when when we were at uni. But I think it's such a powerful way for people to learn and such an enjoyable way and something that you did really well um, with both Narcos and Real Dictators. It was so memorable the way that you told the stories because you had those individual experiences kind of intertwined so it was so well done. I mean, I was I listened to it when I was driving from Brisbane to the Whitsunday, so I didn't have the ability to make notes. So I had to listen to it again when I got home <laughs> to make the notes. Cause, but I loved it You're so much. You're such a much. flick, Lolly. You're like, oh, I listened to it twice, just so you know. But I, I did listen to it, and I didn't mind listening to it twice. Like, I, I just thought it was so fantastic. And honestly, I, I said to James, I probably would have taken history at, you know, uni or A-level or whatever, had podcasts been around, had your podcast been around, because I would have aced them. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, quite a few people have emailed actually, and then, and, and, you know, younger people and said, oh, I'm, I'm now doing a history course, which has been, which has been really cool. And actually a big reason why they were like, let's keep doing more of these kind of shows. And that's been probably the most rewarding thing, actually, just people kind of being, realizing that history isn't a boring thing, you know, where you learn dates. Because the dates are irrelevant unless you actually know what, you know, why a certain event happened or what what the backstory is. Um, so that, yeah, that's been really cool. And you talked about that fine balance. And I think with a lot of historians that I've listened to or heard from in the past, they have a tendency to over-explain and you get lost. So it's, you don't want too little and you don't want too much. So you kind of got, I feel like with real dictators, you're able to find that real kind of Goldilocks sweet spot in the middle. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's kind of like, really, really they kind of, they're like hopefully decent introductions. And if someone wants to do a deep dive into the kind of very boring textbooks we read, like very, <laughs> like they're amazing textbooks. Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, but, you know, it'd be like, you know, be very, it's like intended for an academic audience, but they're real events, they're real stories. And so it's, yeah, we're trying to kind of really introduce people to just finding history fun. And um, yeah, that's that's what I'm passionate about. And do, do you have a favorite dictator? Well, not favorite, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> It's pretty much whichever one we're on. I'm like, oh, this one's the best one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the, um, you know, the, the the dictators I was looking forward to least at the time was Adolf Hitler, because I thought everyone kind of knows his story and, and stuff. But actually, that one's been interesting because we spoke to a lot of really great academics about about Hitler. And there's been quite, quite a lot of re- new research discovered recently about, mm. like, you know, things like Hitler wrote a book under a fake name about Adolf Hitler when he was a pretty young guy. Basically saying this Adolf Hitler guy is amazing. He's a genius. He like, there's, there's, there's so much stuff that you know none of us knew, and we all thought we knew about that era. And so that was being you know it's been nice to be able to um you know at least really try and attempt to get beyond the propaganda, the myths that largely Hitler's told about himself, and a lot of people today believe those still. 
And I did believe a lot of them because you just kind of think something's true. And often there wasn't, you know, uh, but it's been great to get beyond that and mm. really just like get rid of Mein Kampf and go like, what, what, what are the third party sources? And, and actually it's extremely negative about here. Like all the third party sources from like the first world war, the soldiers he fought us alongside. Yeah. They're not very flattering about him. No. That's for sure. Interesting. Well, I wonder, um, so we were talking before about um, some of the people that you've interviewed, you know, you, you got a flavor of the month. Usually it's uh, whoever you're focusing in on. Um, but who's been your kind of most in, engaging or enthralling person that you've encountered on your journey? Yeah, well, I think probably the first person we interviewed, actually, who's now become like a friend of, of Real Narcos. And he's the guy, I think he used to head up the DEA in America, or at least very, very wow. senior. And, you know, the more I dug into his story, the more I realized he was literally kind of frontline against like, you know, uh, Pablo Escobar, Felix Gallardo, El Chapo. And, you know, me and the guy is just, he, we just have chats with him I do, I, off record quite a lot. Uh, you know, he'll be like, then I kicked down the door and the bullets like flew beside me. And then I ran up the door. <laughs> with Felix Gallardo, this really big drug lord. I, I think, I'm pretty sure it's him. Where he was like literally wrestling him and fighting him across these series of like fences. Wow. And Sick. he said, come and, come and stay with, you know, you, you and the noisy guys, come and stay. And I'm like, we actually will. Whether you like it or not, we, we're coming <laughs> over. So yeah, Mike Vigil has, has been a legend. He he won't think that his lie's cool. He'll just be like, oh yeah, and then I arrested this person, and then I did this. But to us, it's like, oh my God, my day was so yeah. boring compared to yours. And, and you know, when you're with, this is the thing I like about the um, kind of being a bit more nuanced is that when you're with, you know, some of the, the best stuff he says is kind of inconsequential stuff. So he'll yeah. be like, oh, I know Pablo Escobar, you know, when I used to see him, you know, he'll be in like <laughs> shirts some jeans and shirt. And he'll just, he'll like, he'll mention like a certain branded t-shirt or whatever. And I'm like, it's just, you know, the guy's the real deal when it's just kind of day-to-day observations yeah. of just flippant things. Yeah. Like, as, as you know, Pascal, I listened to Real Dictators and Real Narcos and I saw on your website that there's also lone detectives. I cannot find this on yeah, the podcasting our, our world. Website. What's going on? <laughs> Well, we we are gonna make it. We just had um, oh. <laughs> we had to put stuff on delays because we had a few things happen and uh, we're like just you know partnerships happening where we can um, do stuff for a while. So yep. the plan was to have lots more shows out by now, but uh, oh, alas, they will be I out soon. I missed it. The plan is now to do a lot more, hopefully fairly soon. So um, a lot more new shows and stuff. So uh, we'll get better at that kind of stuff too, like Twitter and stuff. Like I think the last time I did anything was like four months ago. <laughs> I'm te- we're all terrible at it, but. Also, Pascal, you're the person who kind of, from my understanding, you're creating this content and you heard from the episode that James and I are completely gushing over Paul McGann saying, you know, this is amazing and not really realizing that he is your narrator. We need to set the record straight for all our listeners. We just need to set the record straight that you are the creator of both Real Narcos (laughs) and Real Dictators and Noiser. Yeah, I certainly, you know... uh, and like people like Paul, they just bring so much. So it'll be, it'll be kind of, you know, me and the, and the guys like reading a temporary voiceover. And then in comes Paul and he just opens his mouth and it's like, oh my gosh, that guy sounds good. And <laughs> everyone just turns around. And it's like, it's just like us, honestly. And we just, the way when we say it, it's like, it sounds terrible. How did you get in touch with Paul? Uh, he happens to be a neighbour of us. Uh, oh my he's lived around your the street the sounds amazing. I know, Banksy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back two years. You mentioned um, you decided to leave TV, head towards podcasts. Walk me through. Like that's a big jump. Particularly, like you were like on Nat Geo and working on some pretty big deals. So, walk me through that process yeah. of kind of how you set yourself up to to make the jump towards podcasts and what the journey's been like over the last couple of years. Yeah. So basically, in TV, I kind of that was my thing. I was so convinced to make TV shows and kind of 
that uh, and I kind of worked my way up for a few years and kind of finally got to director level and was like, oh, I finally made it. And and typically the the channels were giving me the kind of slightly less risky stuff, so they're kind of easier to make, kind of you know the kind of like lower end of the director scale type thing, um, initially at least. And then I was like, okay, great, I, I finally kind of got into being a director. I finally got this dream job. And then I just one, you know, I had like some time off, and you know, I had a month between between TV series. And I just was like, oh, I'll do a podcast. And someone said, oh, how about the mafia? And I was like, okay, I'll do something the mafia. And so I kind of made, I just did what I thought would be cool. And and um, the guy who asked me to make make it for him, he was like, what is this? He's he like, this is, not, <laughs> this, is, this is not a podcast, dude. And I was like, sorry, sorry. And then a few months later, I completely, I genuinely completely forgot about it. And and then he was, um, he said, can you make a second series? And I was like, I thought it was terrible. I thought you said it was terrible. He's like, oh, it's, it's had like 12 million downloads in the last what? couple of months. And I was like, Right, I guess I, sh- I guess podcasting's a thing. Then I don't, I don't know. Um, we have been, you know, I li- yeah, very lucky, and you know, I know it's, it's, I know how tricky. It, I know loads of podcasters, and, and it's it's a tricky game. And oh, a combination of luck and skill, though, you got to take credit with mm. credits due. And can we hear that podcast? Is that still out there? Or yeah, it's still out in the in the ether. It's called Mafia. Uh, I did the oh, first season. Downloading um, it now. I mean, this was a long time ago. So maybe. Three, four years ago. We're not, we're not, yeah, we're not judging sorry. you. We're not judging you. It's all right, man. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. And that was, um, yeah, that's a cool interview. So that was with a guy. One of the guys had like literally from memory, he'd like, he, he's, yeah, he's not alive now. He's very elderly, but he'd like been on the trail of like Al Capone and stuff. And he was telling this, these stories and it's like, wow, this guy's amazing. <laughs> okay, cool. So, so you, you did that. Obviously you realized that you might be uh, a podcast <laughs> Amazing podcast. <laughs> like, or like... <laughs> well, very, very accidentally, trust me. <laughs> I think I was so bad at podcasting that I did something at least, at the very least it was different. And I think that may have caught on to something. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> and then uh, took your time before you then decided to, to make the, the, the proper leap or... Yeah, definitely. I, I think I was making, I made one more TV show and I think... When I was making it, again, it was the whole kind of, you know, summarizing big stories into like half an hour. And you never actually make a TV show. You've always got people above you, whoever you are, you know. And so your kids always kind of group thinking and stuff, mm-hmm. which can be good. But as, um, I, yeah, was that, I did one more Discovery TV channel TV show. And, uh, and then I was like, you know what? Like, I like the fact that I can do whatever I want in podcasts for good or ill, you know. Yeah. Um, and so... <laughs> That's, that was is that where noisa came from yeah that's where noisa came from and so it's a year old this week so oh, uh congrats. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. one yeah. year <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you first birthday I don't know about you, Ollie, but when I go on holiday, I would prefer if people told me what I should be doing. Just really take the thinking out of being on vacation. Uh, James, that is so fortunate because today's interview is sponsored by earlybeach.com. And if you were wondering what are all the best activities that you could get up to whilst you're in the Sundays, you just need to head to earlybeach.com and they will be able to book all your trips at the best price, guaranteed. No way, like what? You can go sailing, you can take a helicopter ride, we can take you to Whitehaven Beach, you can go snorkeling and see the Great Barrier Reef, or you can just chill on a desert island, whatever is your preference, earlybeach.com has got you covered. All right, so if you're heading to the Sundays, make sure you head to earlybeach.com for all your tour and activity needs. They've got you covered.
So what was the first podcast you ever listened to? Uh, I actually, I think it was um, Swindled, which is a really cool show. Ooh, I love yeah. Swindled. Yeah, I think I got lucky. I kind of struck gold first time around. I, I, I've, you know, I listened to the first series. Nice. Um, White Collar Crime, yeah. is that right? Swindled? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Swindled, I think. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Um, Ooh, I think at least, I love yeah. It. And we play a game on the show where we try and see if who we're interviewing can recommend a podcast to Ollie that you really like and see if we can find one that she hasn't listened to yet. He's got one in mind. I can see it in his eyes. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, Disgraceland's pretty cool. Um, I actually made a list just before, but I can't find it. So yeah, Disgraceland's a a decent one. I also listened to this unbelievably dry BBC show, but it's great, uh, called In Our Time, which is like... It's just like really kind of deep dive, but you know, like, like it makes you feel clever even if you have no idea like what they're talking about. Obviously, this yeah, the slow burn stuff's great too. Oh, love slow burn. Yeah, super cool. But that's two podcasts that I've never listened to, so I it, can put those yeah. on my list. <laughs> so tell us a TV show. A tell us a TV show. Oh man, um, has to be I Netflix always... though. Otherwise, we're gonna don't tell me something that's only in the UK. Yeah, Bloodline. I was watching, yeah. which is really cool. Um, so many people have recommended this. Yeah, it's really good. And Tintin, <laughs> which oh, I, I we love to. Tintin. I watched it a moment, a moment of weakness with my nephew. I was like, actually, it's pretty decent kid. Um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I just kind of, I just, uh, just Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's my jam. I, I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's a, that's a good show. Yes, yeah, super fun. Yeah, um, love getting a bit of insight into what people are listening to, what they're watching, and yeah, I think it just really sort of normalizes you as a um, CEO, uh, director, uh, executive <laughs> yeah. producer, uh, podcast child genius. Um, it kind of normalizes <laughs> yeah, right. it kind of normalizes <laughs> you um, to the listeners, I think, which is really cool. So, yeah, awesome. Before we wrap up, have you got anything that you want to ask us, Pascal? Who who else are you featuring? This I love this show. I want to, I want to find out. Yeah, who else are you is coming down the line? Well, interestingly, tomorrow night we are interviewing Nortagori in New York, who made uh, Sold in America. Nice. She's a 21 or 22-year-old. Oh, she's like 23 now, James. She's not ageless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Amazing uh, investigative journalist who is of – she's she's Muslim, uh, but did a whole podcast Mm -hmm. that delved into – Sex trafficking. Sex trafficking in America. In America. Uh, And whether sex should be legalized or not. And – as I said to Ollie, I was like, oh, man, my life at 23, uh, it was really embarrassing in comparison to what she's up to. Her, her husband is also the uh, the founder of some worldwide charity. And I was just like, oh, these people are so impressive. Um, yeah, so we've got her tomorrow night. We do night. interview extremely impressive people that make James and I feel quite inferior about everything. <laughs> oh, your podcast is awesome. Generally, yeah, I've been, I've been listening to them. Really, really cool. Hunting warheads, really cool. I mean, this this opportunity to hook, talking to um, like the producers, uh, the creators of the podcast for us is just special. Like we, we thought that the, um, the the aim of our podcast is to basically create a catalogue where if anyone wants to go on and figure out what they should listen to, rather than have to sift, sift through people's opinions, every podcast we recommend is ones that we like, ones that we think is going to add value. Um, and if you can listen to our podcast in 20 minutes and decide whether you want to then invest, you know, the 12 hours of your time, perfect, right? Like it's a it's a win-win. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the- really good idea. Really good idea. Generally, it's such a good way of discovering new shows. And, you know, podcasting has got a bit of a discovery issue. Mm-hmm. And then it's, there's sure. so many. There's like, you know, and um, if you can go to, if people are doing the hard work, then that's great. That's it. <laughs> if they've got good yeah. taste, which you do. I think for me, what I've loved the most, and I didn't know that I would, is definitely being able to talk to people like yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I get really inspired when, I'm, when I hear from like creative people doing creative things. 
and even the fact that I can just imagine you nerding out over history and like listening to these, yeah. you know, uh, that, that's just, that's wicked. And it makes me want to go pick up a book or <laughs> makes me want to go listen to one of the <laughs> yeah. podcasts. Um, so yeah. it's, um, yeah, it's lovely to meet people like yourself. And um, yeah, and I know that not only us, but you're inspiring heaps of people uh, in oh, the work that sure. you're doing. So uh, we can't wait to see what oh, comes amazing. next for you. No doubt it's Yeah, we're really massive. looking forward to seeing what else comes from Noise at a very exciting podcasting house, I have to say. Yep. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And if you're ever in Oz, you have to hit us up and we'll take you for a beer. Definitely. You're always welcome in Bristol and we've got a place in London too in terms of the, the company does. Um, so yeah, come anytime. Great to talk to you, Pascal. Thank you so much. Great having you on the show. We hope you have a good weekend and um, yeah, look forward to talking to you again uh, sometime down the line. See ya. Cheers. Bye. Bye. We want to say a massive thank you to Pascal Hughes from Noiser for being on our podcast today. It was an absolute treat having him on the show and getting to know a little bit more about him. If you loved the podcast today, please do remember to head over to whichever podcast app you're listening to us on and give us a five-star review or even a written review is even better. If you want to stay in touch with us, you can do so on our socials. We're available on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or if you prefer, you can send us an email to myfriendhasnever at gmail.com. We really do love keeping in touch with our listeners. A huge thank you to Jeff May, our editor, for making us sound uber professional. Thanks, Jeff. And as always, a massive thank you to MJ from Multidesign for our theme music. All right, James. I'll talk to you on the other side. I'll talk to you on the other side, buddy. (laughs) 